What is up, everyone? Hope you're having an awesome Tuesday. I am thrilled to introduce another episode of Off the Dome Radio for you today. Tim and I have a fun, jam-packed episode, lots of good nuggets. As always, we start with our fun weekend recap. We have some good conversation. We're kind of chopping it up, have a good time, and we just kind of go through our weekend, things that are going on, small tidbits here and there, just like I said, some fun conversation that we always like to get into before we get into the nitty-gritty. So we start with our current events Uh, I talk about Uber releasing a safety report revealing almost 6,000 incidents of sexual assault. But we dive into that, we dive into the numbers, and we kind of break down in segments of the percentages and the types of cases as well. And safety tips on how to be safer when you're you're like driving by yourself or ways to protect yourself at night to avoid getting... Yes, safety tips, whether you're riding, good plug, Mm -hmm. uh, riding in an Uber or a Lyft, or leaving a store by yourself and you're one of the last in the parking lot, we go through some safety things with that as well. Then our RLEs, I'm a little late to the review game, but I watched the Game Changers documentary a few weeks back, wanted to do some more homework, I listened to some other people talk about it as well, so I go through a pretty good in-depth review of that, and not that... It's bad or or wrong. It was wrong in some levels ethically, I think, but still good information, worth the watch, forced me to add more plants to my diet. Still going to have my steaks. It is what it is. Uh, And then we finish with our book talk. I bring up Gary Vee's Crush It after listening to a recent episode of his podcast and watching a, a video of him talk to another entrepreneur about the importance of content. Tim, where do you take us today? Yeah, so I cite an article from CNBC Make It about three ways to say no. So a productivity expert shared some things. I expand on it and kind of explain how you, there's been many times where you probably committed something months down the road and then the event comes up and you're like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. I should have said no. We give you some sincere, effective, serviceable ways to reject an invite, um, but still do it in a respectful way. Um, and still leave the conversation on a good note when rejecting something. So some good info there. And then we talk about me getting blue light blocking glasses for um, looking at a screen all day, all night. Um, And we dive into the benefits and the reasoning and the backing behind getting blue light blocking glasses, what they can do for you. Um, Slayer gives an excellent explanation on that within the episode. So thank you for that. Mm. And then we, we end the show talking about a book that I just started called Life is Good. So there's a company called Life is Good, a clothing company um, founded by two brothers, Bert and John Jacobs. Um, and they wrote a book kind of explaining their basis for starting the company, their childhood growing up. And I give you a very key thing that you can do each day to become more grateful for your life and be like more happy overall and more productive human being. So I think you guys are going to get a lot of value from this episode. Without further ado, enjoy your Tuesday, episode 104. How was the weekend, dude? You had a little nice little getaway. It, dude, looked it was like. good. I went to a um, a wedding in Pennsylvania and stayed at this classic golf resort called Shaun- the Shawnee Inn, Ooh. and it's, there's like a 27 hole golf course there too. Um, and I just I didn't realize there was so much history behind it. It's mm. right on the Delaware Pennsylvania state line, okay. and the Shawnee Indians settled on that ground initially. So there's like a lot of history behind it. The uh, 
the place is haunted too. There's been like an Whoa. episode of, of ghost hunters that have gone there. Uh, and they like set up camp in the, in the ballroom what? there. And it's just one. And like, they haven't changed like a lot of the structure of the building. So it's the most classic style feel like, and this play, like I said, a bunch of history behind it. There used to be a bunch of like PGA golf tournaments back in like the 1920s, 1930s. Oh, Bob Hope has performed there. Uh, Arnold Palmer, the, yeah. the legendary golfer, yeah. he got engaged there. He, Sam Snead, one of the top golfers of all time, he was a touring pro there. Um, and there's just all around the the place. There's like classic photos from the 1920s, 1930s. Oh, that's it's cool. It's just it's so cool. It was it was beyond anywhere I've stayed before. It was it was a great place. So did you get like. A quick nine in at least, or no time. There was snow on the ground. Yeah. Couldn't. Oh, yeah, they they good got point about the winter time. Right. Well, like a couple hours, like north of there, it didn't even get hit. Like mm. like there was there's area around that they can still play golf, and we just got unlucky. But mm. yeah, it was the, the wedding was there, like on the on the deck there, and they had like a brewery attached to the place too. Um, They're doing everything right out yeah, there. Yeah, they had everything, man. Like it was one of those. There was like a concierge, like it was one of those classic style hotels. It's got yeah. everything, like, but yeah, it was cool. All the bells and whistles. That's nice. I, yeah, I saw you <clears throat> post a few times. I was like, man, that looks really nice. And you sent me the spot. I was like, of yeah. course, Golf Country Club, mm-hmm. right up good. Tim's alley. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the dogs game? Yes, I did. We got the game out there too, so I was able to watch it out there. Incredible game! Shout out to the dogs, man! Shout out Butler Bulldogs smacking Florida by fourteen. Welcome yeah. to Hinkle, boys. Yeah, long way home. Florida was ranked in the top ten preseason. They weren't ranked on Saturday, but they—I mean—they have a solid team, so they keep oh, yeah. racking up these these solid wins. And they have number eleven Baylor on Wednesday Ooh. or Tuesday. It'll be tonight. They have them tonight. Oh wow! Tuesday is, is that a, is that a home game for Florida? No, it's away. No, no, no. Butler, Butler's playing Baylor. Oh, at, sorry, at Baylor. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Nine, and, nine and zero. Oh. Yeah, and shout out to Butler. They have because Duke lost. <laughs> they have God. the. No, you <laughs> I knew that one day you started to draw. I was like, ah. Oh. Don't talk shit about the Pacers. Okay, talk shit. <laughs> well, the reason why I mentioned Duke is because because Duke lost, Butler now holds the NCAA record for longest home winning streak against non-conference teams. Look, if those two teams are the last top two teams and Butler still wins out, I'm cool. <laughs> as long as Duke is still second. Dude, if you're a Duke fan in Indiana, you're going to get shit from everybody who's not a Duke hey, fan in Indiana. But so you, got it, you have it coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I take it. But people need to know I'll give it back, too. So like our buddy Campbell, like whenever Duke loses, like he starts around. I'm like, I never start these things. Mm-hmm. I I just post about a win. That's all I do. Yeah. I don't bash anyone. I just post about the win. Clap, clap, clap. All it's all fair game. Just know I'm coming right back. I'm coming right back at it. But it's fun. I, yeah. I like talking smack. Me and Campbell have a good time talking mm-hmm. shit. I'm like, hey, this is where it's going. Let's ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You and me had a fun little back and forth last week. You were at, or the week before you were in Evansville, I think. Mm-hmm. You you were at the bar. Yeah. You're oh like, yeah. You're like Duke sucks. I'm always rooting against Duke. Won that night too. They yeah. smacked Michigan State mm-hmm. at Michigan State. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go dogs. Mm-hmm. Always number one. Ranked 18 now. 18. This week. 18. Nine and oh. Nine and oh. If they all- if, if they win this week, they're. I think they can be in the top yeah, 10. Yeah. How do you like them apples? Yeah. So we'll see. So I'm actually going on vacation this week. 
as well. Kahlo. Th- leaving Thursday, yes. Going to sweet, sweet Colorado. Colorado. That's a goofy name for a place. How many times have you been out there? Like ever? Yeah. A, a lot. Because oh, my okay. family used to take trips when I was young. Oh, okay. We'd go to Aspen to ski once a year. Mm-hmm. And then one, like, I got expensive, and with my brother and I's differentiation in uh, grade, like, when he hit high school and I was still in grade school, our spring breaks were different. We always went over spring break. Okay. And and it just, like I said, got expensive. We quit going for the longest time. Once I hit high school, didn't go. College didn't go. And then once I graduated college, I was like, well, I'm going to start going on vacation again because mm-hmm. I want to go snowboard. And so I would go visit. Um, the guys who live in Denver, Jesse and Cousin, Tim, all them that I, I lived with my senior year of school, they moved out there. So that's where I go. That's my annual trip. Usually in January, Bendo Winter X Games in Aspen. Awesome time, by the way. And so it's been every year since I graduated in 16. And so I have Connor Flynn's bachelor party, another friend of mine, um, in the Army. So go military. And so we're hanging at another friend's place out there in Durango, Colorado. Okay. And I've never been to Durango. And I, I think it's like three to four hours southwest of Denver. Okay. Yeah. So we're all flying in Thursday. <laughs> so come to find out my connecting flight. So I'm going Indy to Dallas, Dallas to Durango. And I already filed bankruptcy because flying into small airports like that add two to three hundred extra dollars <laughs> just because... But my connecting flight from Dallas to Durango has like a third of the guys on there. Like so a handful of friends will be on that plane ride. Nice. And I had a patient like, oh, that'll be fun. I was like, not for the rest of the plane. I hope we don't sit together. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get after it as soon as we all get together. Like. Yeah. Or uh, on the flight. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's for a bachelor party. You know, I've not been drinking as much even after Novice November. I just, I don't miss it really. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, we'll, we'll have a few extra for our, our good buddy, but yeah, going on, this is outside of like holiday weekends when our office is off, like as a group out of the office, first vacation since January. Wow. You've been grinding. I don't take days off. Cause right. like the office also needs me there. Mm-hmm. Like I do a lot of shit. Yeah. So, and, and, and I like to work. But it's like, so when I do take a vacation, even though I love what I do, I'm really excited to go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm excited to get out. Yeah. Dr. Owens is like, he'll play me for the day. So he'll do more of the rehab. And he, whenever I get back, he's like, you know, I kind of like playing you for a couple of days, but I'm always ready for you to get back. It's yeah. Like, That's yeah. good. Yeah. Right. So, uh, doing that, um, got a, a coaching, uh, client slash patient. I remember at, you sending me Summit. that. Yeah. So congrats. Yeah. Thanks, man. So first one there. That's cool. And it, man, our, our our first initial consultation just felt so natural. It's almost scary. Mm-hmm. Like before I knew it. So average, they're forty five minute scheduled, but this I I didn't have a food history because she was going out of town for like a month. So she's like, I just need to get in to talk to you. We need to get this started because I need help. And so I went through kind of a day's worth of food as well. That took like the extra 15, but an hour. And I came out of there thinking, I can help this person. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think I know how to properly do it. And it just felt so right. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because that was a nice just affirmation because I haven't seen a lot of growth yet on my private coaching side. Interesting. I know we're not all about likes and followers, but I found this interesting. 
when I started posting about nutrition stuff on my personal, my likes went down significantly. Really? Why is that? Do you I think? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm wondering if it's maybe that my majority of following base doesn't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. It is one of my, my thoughts. Or... Or it's not good enough content. No, it's not that. I think people like are more likely to like photos that have like pictures of people in them and pictures that don't require a lot of effort to digest. Mm-hmm. Like if you put something with like words in it, it takes time to like read through it and once you read through it, like the photo. Yeah. That's how you know when someone likes it, they actually like read it, which is good. Yeah. Whereas like it's easy to just flip through and like see something really quick and like digest it like people learn visuals better Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's why those get those kind of likes and i've thought of that too like okay maybe some of my posts aren't as aesthetically pleasing as they need to be because instagram is all about pleasing to the eye Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of traffic there too yeah so i was like hmm maybe i need to get just more things that pop a little better that Mm -hmm. make you stop scrolling because i haven't been thinking now every post have i thought is this going to cause someone to stop scrolling Mm-hmm. And so there's, I think there's good reason behind that job. I just found that interesting, and I knew you'd probably have good thought too. That's why I bring it up. Not that you know, the show goes on regardless if it's mm-hmm. one like zero or a thousand. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm still doing what I'm meant to do. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So yeah, good, good out loud thinking session. Yeah, and I, I think you said it yourself. What I liked was like disrupt. Like, what am I gonna? post that will get someone to stop scrolling mm-hmm. and disrupt their flow of scrolling mm-hmm. um so just continuing to add like buzzwords like yeah. attention or like no not many people will tell you this like have that in big letters or something sure. like something that'll just like lock them in to keep on reading what's going on there oh that's good yeah like adding like big text to the actual photo photo yeah like and, catching people's eyes and like you know it's rows of threes on instagram like in terms of posts, like it's rows of threes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to have minimum an Instagram TV in each row. Oh, nice. Like a, a good quality video with good information. Okay. Like my last one was, you know, if you're, whether you travel a lot for work, you have a lot of client lunches and things, how to eat out healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, because I know a lot of people travel. And I've had I people, use, people yeah. reach out to me like, hey man, my diet's been shit because I travel a lot. Go out with for these, you know, client meetings and things. It's all around food and drinks. It's like, all right, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, and I know it gets tough. You're, you know, it's work. So sometimes you're bound by the environment. Yeah. But. That's something I've been working through. Because, I, I mean, I eat out at restaurants three days a week. Yeah. I have to because when I'm traveling. And yeah. one thing that's helped me is stay, like, like the, the main food item, get that and try to keep it as healthy as possible. But mm-hmm. for the side, I'm going less fries and more like green vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like if they have like a broccoli option, it, even if even a sweet potato fry option instead of regular fry. Yeah, look, like, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I love sweet potato fries. Yeah. But that's good. And I know you're more good green, about your... More green on the side as much as I can when, when eating a lot, yeah. eating out a lot. And I know you're good about your food too. You, mm-hmm. you watch what you eat. You're good about that. And so in the video, it was things like, hey, don't get a bunch of fried stuff. You know, have a good quality protein. You know, a, a burger with cheese and then fried onions or whatever, and then the bun. Like, that doesn't really count as a good quality protein base. Mm-hmm. Like, I went out with someone a couple weeks ago to a spot and had, I, I just naturally like turkey burgers too. And this place has a really good turkey burger. 
I try not to do a lot of gluten. I had a gluten-free bun, broccoli on the side, as much as those sweet potato fries were just screaming in my face. It's like, nah, I'll feel better with this and I'll feel better about about it. And then the next time I go out, maybe I do change it up and get some sweet potato fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe if you're like, man, I'm having this good like salmon. It's got a side of veggies. I'd, I'd really just like a, a little thing of fries. You know what? Okay, you're not going to ruin yourself if you do that, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, no pops, you know, watch your sodas, try not to do that. Watch your alcohol intake too. Um, Whenever I get an old, an old fashioned, I say, take it easy on the cherry syrup. Take it easy. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> old fashions are good though. But it, it's, those are some of the biggest red flags. And then, yeah, look for seasoned, like um, fresh veggies. Restaurants can make vegetables still taste good. Mm-hmm. Like it, they can do that. Um, but I think it's, you know, we get used to, oh, we go out. Now I can indulge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, yeah, but not every time, especially if you're not, you know, three, four, five days a week where you're kind of just handcuffed to the environment of what it is for, for work or what have you. So mm-hmm. it's find the red flag, scan through the menu. Okay. If you don't like fish, what other good protein options are there or hey this salad with like chicken and some fruits a little bit of like a goat cheese or feta and then a balsamic vinaigrette i mm-hmm. you know pick that over a ranch ranch mm-hmm. you're just kind of defeating the purpose really yeah you know like these veggie trays with ranch in the middle and then you, it's a vehicle for the ranch you're just kind of defeating the purpose of the veggies yeah it's like a a hot tub of ranch like in the, yeah like, right right exactly wait, have you uh have you been to sheets before the okay. gas station no it's an east coast like speedway type of thing okay like it's a gas station but they have like a full kitchen like where they serve like food off a menu like oh whoa yeah so it's like one of those gas stations it's for my east coast people like they'll know what i'm talking about but when i was out there and we got picked up from the airport that was the first place we ate uh because we were just driving to the hotel from the airport and it's not the healthiest option but they have a salad there that you can get it's like all fried food but they have like a salad that you can get there Uh and i put spicy chicken in the salad and got like bacon in it and like got like banana peppers and like jalapenos in it and as much green stuff in as possible and i turned like a very unhealthy like food option into like something that was decently healthy because i got a salad and it was really freaking good even if this spicy chicken if there's not a grilled option if it's just still breaded you know that with the salad and everything else is to your point a lot better than just the fried chicken with a side of like potatoes or fries on the right. side you know you don't have to go 100% like healthy like health nut just minimize as much as you can like if i coach someone who says hey i don't really do any vegetables at all i think they're gross until i get them to a place where vegetables become palliative mm-hmm. to them um palliative Easing to the palate. Yes. <laughs> because you can adapt your palate. Until they get to that point, look, if there's a fried cauliflower option, I got to I gotta meet you in the middle. Mm-hmm. Fried cauliflower is better than none. Or fried broccoli, better than no broccoli at all. So I'll, I'll try to meet, you know, that's not preferable, but it's like, okay, if that was your side dish, you know, it's, at least you got some veggie. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if we need to start with the veggies and a, a light dunk of ranch, you know, if I got to start there, there with you, so be it. But it's just, 
again, never a complete overhaul, but how do we just ease into that mm-hmm. and, and make it easy for that person? So, right. I like it. Yeah. I was, um, I was at the gym over the weekend, and this guy that I see routinely, we, we've never really spoken, but, you know, you see the same people at mm-hmm. the gym. And I don't, I don't know his exact ethnicity looks like, could be of some sort of, like, Indian descent-ish, but he has a lightly darker uh, skin complexion. But he's got this farmer's tan, and it's been really messing with me for the last few weeks. Because it's the farmer's tan as if he had a regular t-shirt on all day. And so like half bicep down is the darker part. And then you see the lighter skin complexion up. And I'm just like, nobody is getting a farmer's tan in the middle of winter in the Midwest. The only way this happens is if he is in the tanning bed with a t-shirt on. And I don't know why this is getting to me. It's like, I, I want to ask him, like, dude, how, why do you have a farmer's stand? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, are you outside in the middle of winter with nothing but a T-shirt? Mm-hmm. But ah, I just can't bring myself to do it. It's like, how, how does this happen? How does it happen? Especially in winter, yeah. Crazy. Like, are you shy of the tanning bed? It's going to, like, judge you? <laughs> I mean, he's, like, dude's got a good physique. I'll, I'll fucking say it. Like, he's well-built. I don't know. Maybe this, I should not let things like that distract me so much. But I'm, I'm just like, dude, how does that happen? Maybe you just went on vacation and got back. Okay. See, this is why I talk out, I think out loud. You never you. know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He could have just gone on vacation. Yeah. Okay. I'll but see hey, him like the next week or two. But hey, prop, props to him for showing it off. To hey, the, oh, I love it. Because, I mean, it's not getting any better by showing it off in Indiana, Indiana when like, there's no sun it, right now. It might make me scratch my head, but I like that because it's like, oh, damn, this is so funny. But how does this work? Mm-hmm. Like, how does this happen in the middle of Indiana? Yeah. In the middle of wintertime. Saw my Tanzanian friend, John. Okay. How's he yeah, doing? Yeah, he's good. He's going back to Tanzania for three weeks for the really? holidays. Yeah. See fam? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I saw him. I mean, he's got his family here too. Yeah. But uh, he, I, I catch him. We kind of meet eye contact. We're undoing our headphones. He goes, "Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing?" I was like, "Hey, John, what's up, my man?" And uh, you know, we catch up for a quick minute, and I'm like, "How you been? You know, enjoying the holidays?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going back home for like three weeks." I was like, "Home like Tanzania, home?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Yeah, dude, I remember." <laughs> my sauna buddy yeah yeah small details means a lot to people yeah man it even at work when people are like oh you remember that mm-hmm. like like well i try i mean i don't remember everything but yeah. i do pride myself in in listening and remembering like oh hey how was this you went to this I'm like oh, one right. small detail like one small detail always gets the conversation going because mm-hmm. i have to be tapped into a lot of things at work like a lot of you know there's something going on over here or someone's timer for dry needles or cups is going off here, Mm -hmm. making sure like things are just in the office, just good flow. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's hard. I have to be tapped into a lot, but I try to really make sure that person knows I'm engaged with you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Who who does that the best out of anybody I know is Jeannie Carmody, the front desk lady at the HRC. Really? She always remembers something that you talked about earlier and always asks about it and is one of my favorite people to talk to because she Mm -hmm. always, like, you feel important when you're talking to her because she always remembers something you talked about in a previous conversation. She would always ask me about boating. Yeah. Like, yeah, up at the lake. She just, she just knows, she's got that one thing and multiple things with some people that she can ask about when she sees you. 
Conversational bridge backs. What a sad. It's amazing. What is Jeannie just wrecking people? Mm-hmm. Get on her communication level. She, she's a listener to the show, so hopefully she. Oh, she, shout out Jeannie! Yeah, hope oh, you get this one. Yeah, hopefully you listen to this one. Right on. Ooh, all right, Tim. What's going on in the world, baby? Yeah, so I am a huge fan of reading CNBC Make It. It's uh, okay. It's like one of those personal development <laughs> uh, websites. It's a, obviously a. a section of cnbc and they give you like personal development tips success tips how to save money better different stuff like that i'm gonna have to check this out yeah and like interpersonal relations so i was reading an article um developed by a productivity expert and talks about like the three best ways to say no to someone because saying no like it, it doesn't need to be a rude thing it doesn't need to be like a way of like offending someone mm-hmm. um so they talk about three like cool ways to do it and before you say no uh like a, a quick tip that i read in a book one time i can't remember what it was they said don't ever commit to doing something like or say yes to something like months down the road like if someone asks you to go to something in a couple months mm-hmm. like plan ahead don't go to it or don't say yes if you wouldn't go to it if it was a couple days away or the next day oh i like that like f- reframing your mind that way because I'm sure we've all been there before where we've committed to something like months ahead and then it rolls around and you're like, why? Do, I don't want <laughs> yeah. to do this. So that's an, that's an interesting way of like looking at it because I can't remember what book talked about it. But yeah, th- they said that was a good way of like knowing when to say no or not. Like, would you say, would you say yes to this couple months down the road if it was on Monday? That's really good. Because mm-hmm. so, then it's like, how desirous is that thing? Mm-hmm. Like, do you actually really want to go, or do you just not want to feel bad about not going? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, that was interesting. Well, the first way to say no, uh, the, the honesty route, being actual honest about why you can't go. Like, one thing you can say is, "Listen, I've gone." Like, someone asks you to go to something, and you can say, "I've gone to so many events in the past couple weeks, and I'm honestly pretty exhausted." But thanks for the invite, and good luck with your event. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the first way of saying it. Cause like for one thing, like you won't feel guilty afterward, you get right to the point. People don't like to be bullshitted. Like people don't like excuses, but if you actually give them a legit reason why and are sincere about it, they'll understand. Yeah. Um, and then kind of building off of that, some of these, you can kind of combine both of them. But another one is suggest an alternative person that could go in your place or give them some type of alternative. Um, one thing you can say is like, I won't be able to attend the event that specific day. Uh, but I'd be happy to connect you with my former colleague, so-and-so, mm. my friend, so-and-so, my brother, so-and-so, who, because maybe they want to go with you, but most likely they just want someone that they can go with that will enjoy the event with them and give them a good time. And whether it's an event, whether it's something they ask you to do, like they want someone to go with them. So it doesn't always have to be you. So suggest an alternative. And it's always like, it's showing that you're of service to people and you're you're not just leaving them out to dry. Like you want them to enjoy the event with someone. Sure. So suggest an alternative. And then another one is just ask for a rain check. Like this goes along with following up too is show good faith and tell them that you want to be the first person they ask when, um, when they invite you for next time. Because a lot of times like some people will ask me, AJ Taylor specifically. I'm sorry I can never play basketball with you. <laughs> but whenever I'm out of town, my friend AJ, he always seems to ask me, like, hey, do you want to play basketball this day? 
I said, dude, I'm out of town. Like, I, I really can't. Yeah. But please ask me when you're playing next, because if I'm in town, I will be the first person to play with you. Right. So that's another thing. And um, I just thought that was a good thing. And like, you can, all these things you could, you can honestly do in one saying like you could use all three of these if you wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. you can be honest as to why you can't go, suggest someone else that could go, and then say, hey, um, keep me in line for next time. Yeah. Yeah. So and follow be... up with them. Yeah. Get... God, those three are so good. Cause you may look, man, I've just been burning the candle at both ends. I need to take a little me time and just recharge the batteries, clear the cookies off the hard drive. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about asking so and so or so and so? And make sure they're fun suggestions too. Yeah, it's no. not just like bottom of the barrel don't list give them, of Don't give them a deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, hey, have you thought about so and so? Or hey, uh Jimmy really enjoys this band. Or hey, they would so this person loves stand-up comedy. I'm sure they'd be super down to go. And then it's like, but next time, whatever you're doing, we do need to catch up. Hit me up. And that should be a lot better availability. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. Being honest, suggest the alternative, ask for a rain check. I like that. And then you don't like, you know, someone's going to make you feel bad about it. It's like, look, man, I just need some me time. Mm-hmm. Like no one should make you feel bad about that if they're your friend. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. You're hustling. You need to take a break. Because mm-hmm. as we talked with Jada Love, uh, your me time is super crucial. Mm-hmm. You have to recharge yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you start to resent everyone. Yeah. Been there. It's not good. Like You need to have your boundaries. Because mm-hmm. so, I don't know how you are. I recharge kind of on my own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like as much I as need I, it, I love people, I love being around my friends and people. But yeah, so gym time, sauna, it's like weekends when I get in there, I take a longer time just on purpose because mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. Um, or just shut the door to your room and, and do some work and read or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like cooking for me, even though I got a couple of roommates, like cooking for me is still kind of my own thing. Yeah. So yeah, always got to recharge. Yeah. I love that because yeah. I feel like that is every day applicable for people. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we're always getting hit up to do something. Right. Noise never stops. But then people don't always want to do something every single day. Yeah. And another thing off of this, like when someone asked to do something, always show gratitude that they asked you mm-hmm. and that they, they took the time to ask you. They chose you because they chose you over someone else to ask you to do something. So that shows an importance in you. So show them like that you're thankful that they thought of you and make them feel important back. Even if you can't do it, like I really appreciate you inviting me and asking me, um, and show genuine interest in what they do, even though you can't go. So. Yeah, that's an incredible point. Just so it's like, oh, no thanks. Yeah, that's, like that's that's not the best You way know, it's it. like, yeah, I really do, like, thank you. Because I kind of think of it, we schedule time for our day at work for patients. No one else in the world can have that 9.45 a.m. slot except mm-hmm. for you. Right. So, like, to your point, they could have texted everyone in their phone book. They texted you instead of everyone else. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. I like yeah. that. Like you were prioritized. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Or like 10 people before you said no. And you're like, <laughs> they're, 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 you're their like 10th resort. <laughs> you were their deadbeat option. <laughs> uh, I guess I got to text Tim now. The nine before you suggested you. <laughs> just, just convince yourself that you were their first option. We'll just go with that. Doesn't have to be in a certain way. All right, man. What you oh, got? That's funny. So I saw an interesting thing. So we all ride Uber or Lyft. I feel like 
you're kind of one or the other. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer Lyft. I have had better driver experiences, better conversation. And that's just my personal, you know, uh, opinion and situations, experiences. I'm sure there are plenty of people that lean the other way. But Uber released a safety report revealing that they had almost 6,000 incidents of sexual assault. And this was uh, between 2017 and 2018. Okay. And so they dove into the numbers of kind of segmenting it on percentages, male, female, things like that. But among, so it's 5,981 incidents, incidences, there we go. Of those, 464 were reports of rape. The report showed that 7% of the victims were drivers. So like the Uber driver was was assaulted. Mm-hmm. 89% of incidences, the victims were female, 8% male, and then there was percentage of other as well, or did not identify. And so a year ago, there were 103 drivers found accused of sexual assault. And I'm... Lyft is, the article mentioned Lyft is going to have a a report of their own released by the end of this year. Okay, I'm interested to see the comparison. Same, because Mm -hmm. that was my initial thing. Okay, I want to see Lyft's numbers. Because it's not like this is just one-sided. Can't be, right? And so, yeah, anxious to see that. So there will be follow-up to this 1,000%. But what Uber is already doing, they partnered with a company... With Rapid SOS, so there's a third-party company that sends a rider's location and relevant information to a local police agency, wherever that person is, when the rider uses the emergency button in the Uber app. I like that. So I haven't checked the Uber app to date to see if that button is is there yet, Um, but I'm very about this. I think this is awesome. Mm. Because if there's something that just seems a little shady or off, look, your gut is never wrong. Yeah. Male or female, I don't care. If if you're in a ride, you know, and always double check the make of the car. Like ask I always just out of just kind of habit, ask the driver's name, like, Oh, hey you Steve. Can, hey, what's up, man? Can you remind me of something? When say you're requesting an Uber or a Lyft. Mm-hmm. Like, once you connect with someone, can you choose whether you want to ride with them or not once they, like, like once you choose one, do they send you the picture of, of the driver? Like, if so, like if you're a woman, like, can you, like, you get a man that comes up and you're just concerned, can you, like, deny them and get a woman? I'm sure you can. Request a woman? I don't know how specific it is to that because I know you can cancel it, like, right away without a, a, a fee or anything. Because I'd be interested to know, like, I feel like that... Could have something to do with like that. I don't know, um, but you they do give you a picture yeah. of the driver and the the license plate, the make and model of the car. So double check all those things because yeah. you don't want to judge a book by its, by its cover. But right. you want to know like the picture of the person who's driving you. And I feel like you get don't you get like five minutes to can't like cancel without penalty. Is I there, think so. Yeah, or maybe maybe you you don't get penalized with Lyft and you do get penalized with Uber. I can't remember. I haven't used Uber for a while personally. I've really either. Ubers, like I haven't. Usually it's someone else ordering it if I've been in a group and yeah. we've gotten one. But if I order, I always go Lyft if yeah. I'm ordering. Um, so I'd have to double check that. But I know both. You know, have the license plate, the car, the picture. So just double checking all those things. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're with a group of people, if you just don't want to seem too obvious that you're checking the plate for, I mean, who cares if they see you do it anyway? They'll probably commend it. But yeah. you know, walk around to the other side of the car to get in on that side, and you can check the plate at the same time that you do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, just you can't be too careful. And I read a good thing. I'll have to repost it. I saw Christoph Lewis post about situations and trying to avoid certain areas and situations, especially for females alone, especially at night or something. You know, if you're walking out of a, a store and you're the one of the last ones in the parking lot, ask the security guard to walk you there or someone else to walk you to your car. You know, walk around both sides. Make sure that, you know, if you're especially parked close to someone else, like, and it's a, a darker vehicle, you can't really see inside, that you kind of observe your surroundings first. Uh, what else? Like I said, I'll have to repost. Oh, stairwells. Be cautionary of stairwells late mm-hmm. at night by yourself. Use the elevator if there's the option. Um, Did you be- say lock your car as soon as you get in your car in the parking lot? What's that? Lock your car as soon as you get into an empty, like say you're leaving a grocery store or something at night, you get in your car, lock it right away. Like That and don't immediately get on your phone. Start your car and get moving. Yeah. So if you're one of the last people and it's even if you think, oh, it's it's like a, a caramel in Indianapolis. It's a nice area. Dude, it doesn't you matter. You can't be too careful. Indianapolis. It's the real world. Yeah, especially like I know we have listeners that don't live in Indianapolis, but like cities like Indianapolis where it's like so it's like patchy in terms of like good areas and bad areas yes. and there's like pockets of like bad areas like you're never like completely isolated from crime in Indianapolis. Right. I feel like, right. like, like your house. Like you step outside of your porch, you look down the street. All the houses are like nice Looks and like, nice. and there's it's like there's like fam- like families with kids that live on that street. Mm-hmm. And then like three blocks like east on College Avenue, there's like a gas station there that's very sketchy and has like yeah. homeless people there and yeah, crime I, and whatever. I, I told. The last girl I dated, I was like, I would never want you there at that gas station, gas station, even just filling up gas by yourself, mm-hmm. ever. She was like, really? I was like, 100% no. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it is so spotty. And try to pump gas during the daytime if you can. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, do if you have the option, do it during the day. Don't pump gas at night. Um, yeah, or if you if you have to, get back in your car while the gas is pumping. Oh, and yeah. And lock it. But, yeah, there is another thing on there of yeah if you get in your car it's late at night don't immediately get on your phone and answer a bunch of things because that's when you're looking down as much as we all think our peripheral vision is the shit when you're involved on your phone you are so engrossed in that you're in Mm -hmm. your dopamine oh your endorphins like you're you're getting all this overdrive of info before you know it someone's knocking on your door and has a weapon Mm -hmm. Or, or getting in on the passenger side i mean your car has blind spots for cars and blind spots for people walking up to it too 100 so, percent. Yeah. so get in start moving uh and look the phone can wait mm-hmm. if someone's about to die get on the phone <laughs> but you know social media the text it can wait till you get home mm-hmm. um so that, that was a, another thing but outside of that um report but uber uh they also revamped their background checks so it will now conduct annual checks on their drivers. So every year, they do a background check. Okay. Uh, no matter how long you've been driving, it's going to be annual now. So Uber has taken, I think, really awesome steps. And again, with a company that size, 
any company with that kind of employee number and just the nature of what it is, it, it's it's unfortunate, but it's not like those things are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a big corporation, even if it's not an Uber or Lyft, there's sexual assaults in how many big corporations with thousands, tens of thousands of employees, mm-hmm. there's sexual assaults. Yeah. So it's not like this is just an Uber thing, but I thought it was a good thing to bring up because look, a lot of people who take Ubers and Lyfts, not all, but a lot are intoxicated. Yeah. Usually fairly heavily. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you send a friend of yours on their merry way. They're by themselves. They seem fine. They know their address, but you just never know. Mm -hmm. Especially with like younger females. I mean, 89% of the incidences of victims were female. Mm Mm-hmm. 89%. 89%. Yeah. So before you send your, you know, a girlfriend on her way, just keep that in mind. Make sure, is she actually cool or is it better if she Or comes, talk on the phone Talk on the phone with her while she's in the Uber the whole time. Or that, yeah. Yeah, and just to make sure. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's what me and Brett do. But um, Ooh, solid. An important thing to note here is like when Uber and Lyft came into existence, people were like, oh, this is... This is so much better than, than taxis. But the thing that taxis have over Uber and Lyft is they have in-car security cameras mm. to report like things like this from happening for yep. police investigations. Because it's through the city, yes. because it's regulated. That's one thing that taxis have over the Uber and Lyft is that aspect. And, so, And sometimes, depending if there's uh, like – uh, a larger so one time I was downtown with a friend at a concert and he was even on a Sunday but there was a big convention in town mm-hmm. and so there weren't a lot of like Ubers or Lyfts available price skyrocketed on a Sunday mm-hmm. for a 20-25 minute ride it was an $80 uh, order wow so we go to a taxi driver like hey man how much for you to take us from here to here on the north side he goes wow like 20 bucks <laughs> done okay Ta- taxi it up cause let's go so, yeah, there are those times when, hey, maybe I'll take a taxi. So, look, yeah, if it's super late at night, if that person is really drunk and you're even if someone goes with them, maybe you jump in a cab mm-hmm. instead just because of that. That's a really good thing to point out. That's yeah. awesome that that you made the notion that they have the cameras. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's, there's obviously still stuff that goes on. Oh, but sure. at least, I mean, you have the security blanket of having the evidence and people right. are less likely to do it. A little but, more regulated. Yeah. yeah. So just a good thing for everyone, um, not just women, but especially women too, but everyone to just watch out for because mm-hmm. you never know who's who's driving. Double check your, your plates, the make, the name of the person, and just, you know, your gut is never wrong mm-hmm. ever. So... All right, Tim, time for a little real-life experience. What happened in your life that was real? Yeah, I am getting blue light-blocking glasses. Ooh, I'm finally on the train. Here we go. You have, you have them. You've had them for about a year now, I right? I do. Yeah. Um, probably close to... Oh, uh, yeah, probably close. Yeah. I think earlier this year is when I got them. Yeah, so I'm jumping on the bandwagon because... I'm I'm tr- like I do work extremely late at night. Like I sometimes like midnight or one. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a screen up until I go to sleep, which isn't good. Like right. I like I try my best to read before I go to bed, but and sometimes I do, but most of the time I'm looking at a screen within an hour of me going to sleep. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I feel like it's starting to impact the way I wake up too. Like I feel like I haven't been waking up as fresh lately. Um, and I'm, I have a theory that it might be because of the light that I'm exposed to every single night, like right before I go to bed. So I'm taking my matters in my own hands and getting blue light blocking glasses for the daytime to reduce eye strain during the day, as well as the orange ones at night. Gamma ray optics, hashtag ad. Chicka, chicka, yeah, blue light, yeah, chicka, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for this. I think it's, I hopefully it can make a difference. Um, I will report back. I'm getting them tomorrow. I'll report back next week and nice. the week, I mean, weeks after that. But I want to ask you, like, what's your experience been like with them? Yeah, so uh, before I do that, I am curious. Do you have, uh, has it taken you longer to fall asleep? No, I go to sleep right away. Okay. Usually. Okay. Uh, so what I've noticed um, is that I still feel tired to go to sleep because like you, we do a lot of computer work mm-hmm. because of your full-time job, the podcast work. I do a lot like nutrition. That's all on a computer. Mm-hmm. And so I've been really trying to make sleep and recovery a higher priority this year. And I think it's going better because for most of my life, I probably didn't care enough about good sleep. And so I would, sometimes mine would race. Like I would be tired early on. Something would happen in front of a screen, whether it's a TV show, it's work. I'd wake back up. And then when it's time to go to bed, I'm like, I'm not as tired as I was like, an hour and a half ago. Mm. And so using the blue light blocking glasses. And so sometimes I'll wear them all day at work because I'm under fluorescence all day. So I, I want to block that out too. And then the darker ones at night, because that will help at least if you still have to use the screen, at least your body is still thinking, okay, it's getting later. So that's mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. Um, your body and circadian rhythm. So we were initially meant we were meant to rise and fall with the sun. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, technology advances, we stay up later, blah blah blah. And so what it does is that light, not just blue light, I mean blue light specifically, but whether it's if it, especially an action movie. Now you send a completely different signal to your brain and body like, "Oh, I'm I'm awake, like I am jacked up." There's a lot going on. There's a lot of stimulation mm-hmm. to you and the brain to where your body doesn't think it's time to rest because it's now it's heavily stimulated. Mm-hmm. It's almost like another pre-workout, if you will. And so there's darker lenses for at night because they block out more. That's, that's why it's darker. So, yeah. you know, it's not always fun to look through an orange lens. You know, if you're watching a movie... Sometimes I'll still use my daytime ones. You're still getting good effects, good benefits. Yeah. But if you're just working on the computer, doing whatever, if I'm cooking and then answering some things on my phone as I'm going along, I'll still wear my dark orange lenses because it tells my body, hey, there's less light coming in. And so there's less stimulation. It's getting later. It's almost time for us to rest now. Mm -hmm. And so that's what having the darker lens at night helps do because you want to tell your body it's getting later and it's time mm-hmm. for rest. And so I've noticed that I still feel like it's time for bed, even if I've done some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, an excellent explanation. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, because I know sometimes listeners, it could be like, oh, blue light. Yeah. A bunch of hokey pokey. 
no, it's legit. And I I still, like I said, feel tired. It's also, it helps with eye strain. I mean, mm-hmm. how much? Yeah, like we... during the day, like long hours of work in the afternoon. Like what does it do for you then? Because I know some people get tired in the afternoon purely because they've been looking at the screen all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Does it, have you seen improvements there? Because obviously you're not, you don't spend a lot of time on the computer in the afternoon because you deal with people a lot. Right. But. Um, yeah, so I, I notice you know, sometimes you get like almost the dry eyed feel where you're kind of rubbing your eyes, you're looking at the screen Mm -hmm. again, happened a lot in college, but now it's, my eyes don't feel strained things. You know, if you've been going for hours, maybe things get blurry. You got to blink a couple times, better one, two, three, (laughs) and four. And so it it helps reduce maybe how hard you have to focus in terms of through your eyes, through your Mm -hmm. vision, if that makes sense. But you don't have to do as much work. It's more relaxed. Eye muscles seem a little more relaxed, and I just I don't feel as strung out. Like, oh man, I just did a bunch of work, and I, I think a little less mind racing sometimes, mm-hmm. because sometimes when you get so stimulated, it's like, all right, just watch that. That was pretty cool. Okay, I just worked on that. Got that. Okay, what else do I have to do? What do I have to do tomorrow? All right, did I get everything done today? No. Okay, that kind of pissed me off today. Um, okay. Oh, Fuck that guy that cut yeah, me off in traffic. Guys. Yeah, he's definitely ruining my life. He's never <laughs> met me, but you know, seven billion people in the world. I'm gonna let one just tank me. He's gonna keep me up at night too. Okay. Oh, you know, I gotta make sure I do this. I gotta wake up early still. Oh, it's super late. Um, you know, my roommate did this. They're destroying me. Blah blah blah. Oh, I didn't get this done. I didn't vacuum. Uh, my bathroom, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think it has helped because because it has calmed down you in the sense of just screen time and you're still kind of in that, oh, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. And I got some work done, but I'm tired. It's it's time to go to bed. So I still feel that and where it's like, all right, now it's time to rest. Yeah. So you're telling yourself, you're telling your body that it is time to rest. Yeah. And so though I have noticed like tangible differences using them. And and I notice a difference again if one, if I don't use them, and two, if I'm watching something and then try to go go right to sleep. Yeah, cuz like with the circadian rhythm thing, like mm-hmm. your body like is used to the amount of hours you sleep, but like say your your body you average like 7 hours a night in mm-hmm. 7 hours a night. 7 hours of sleep and your body wakes up after 7 hours more likely. You're more likely to like wake up earlier in a better fashion if your body's trained to know it's time to go to bed earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're like looking at a phone or a screen until one a.m., if you put the glasses on at at nine or ten o'clock, like your body's already winded down more. I feel like and is yeah in a sense better rested even though you're still awake. Yeah. Possibly. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So like for me, I feel it if I only get six hours. If mm-hmm. I hit seven, seven and a half hours, I'm up tall when my alarm goes off. I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Like, let's kick some ass today. And so, you know, rarely can people be highly, fully functioning on just six or less. Mm-hmm. Like, very few people. Doc, or Joe Rogan has a, I forget his name, but he has a, a really great podcast with this guy. He's a doctor. Study sleep. And it's almost scary when you listen to it because, like, I've not been prioritizing my sleep at all. Like, look, if you want to get bigger in the gym, make sure your sleep is on point. If you want to lose weight, make sure your sleep is on point. If you need to perform better, start with your sleep. Like, sleep is the root of all. Mm -hmm. Like, 
It really is. There, yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Sleep is so, so crucial. It's, it needs to be number one on everyone's list, especially in terms of recovery. You know, that affects mood. You're moody if you're not rested. Anything goes. So, yeah, I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Sleep is huge. But, yeah, so even if someone, so say someone does an overnight work shift, they work like third shift, they burn through the night, they need to sleep during the day, that person needs to recreate nighttime in their room as best as possible. So shutting, you know, maybe it's it's black curtains too. Maybe you have a couple different sets of curtains. You need to black out all light because mm-hmm. you need to, trick your body into thinking it is nighttime. Yeah. So if you're someone who has to work that shift and that's just, that's the way you got to grind and you can still get good sleep, but the sun is disruptive too, because that will still tell your body. You just told your body, all right, I'm working. I need to be awake during nighttime hours. Mm-hmm. Now you need to flip that. So you know, less lights, maybe you have a, a, a mask over your eyes or something. Keep the room a little cooler. Your brain has to drop a couple degrees to fall asleep anyway. And so find that comfort zone, but it needs to be so, so dark. You need to recreate nighttime if you are someone who needs to sleep during the day because of your job. Mm-hmm. It's like responders sometimes, you know, first responders. They're going all night. Some of these calls, they need to sleep all day. They need to really block out all that mm-hmm. light wherever they sleep. Yep. So sleep, so important. Yep. But like I said, you are taking control. That's right. Control what you can. You can also control your diet. See how I just segue like nice that? Nice segue. Nice segue. So I'm a little late to the review game, but I wanted to do some further studying about the most recent plant-based documentary, The Game Changers. So I I have nothing against people who are vegan, paleo, keto, whatever, Diets are all tools in my mind as a nutrition coach. I had my front desk lady ask me, so are you like against keto? I'm not against any diet. I'm against bad application of of diets, but I am for everything if it applies properly. It depends on the goal. It depends on the person, biofeedback. But Game Changers, very plant-based. It was done by James Cameron, very well-done documentary. Uh, it blew what the health out of the water. And I okay. thought what the health was the most propagandist piece of trash I've ever seen. Still down there. And so I had initial thoughts, but I needed to do more studying about it and listen to more people on their reviews, their research done. And so I listened to Chris Kresser. He was he was a vegan and he now has, he eats meat because he saw negative effects from completely plant-based. Mm. Not saying it can't be done. People can be 100% plant-based and still live a, a healthy life, but it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. You really have to know what you're doing. Like, I would not feel comfortable or right if someone came to me and was like, hey, can you coach me? I want to be all plant-based. Mm. I would refer them because mm. I would not feel right doing that. I don't know that in depth as well as someone else might. Mm-hmm. And so first thing they should have had, they should have said, hey, this is to show this can be done. You can perform. You can live on strictly plants without meat. But it, it, it was deceitful in my mind in the sense it was pushing this whole plant based on everyone. Mm-hmm. That it was the best diet for everyone to be on. And if 
anyone ever tells you this is the best diet for everyone, this is what all people should do, raise a red flag immediately. That diet does not exist. Mm -hmm. It never will. Because the best diet is the one that you perform the best on, that you train the best on, you sleep the best with, you have your, your libido, your sex drive is, is good. You know, your energy is, is still there and present. And you, you just feel good and everything is working. Uh, that is your best diet. And maybe you're better off with fish than red meat. And the next guy to you is better on 80% steaks and then a little bit of greens. Mm -hmm. And the person across from him could be, hey, I do well with high carb, low fat, moderate protein. It, it's very different based on the individual. So uh, there were good things about the documentary. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of good things in adding more plants to, to your diet. Of course. Uh, it is actually this documentary caused me to add even more plants to my diet. So I have made a conscious effort of, of doing so, whether it's more, more spinach or leaves or peppers, things like that. Just more vegetables in general, a lot more plants and things. Uh, so it, it has good things like that, but I'm not removing my meat. And, and I think it demonizes meat to an extent. It's just, it's not okay. And so one of their early things, they talked about gladiators back in the day, and that they ate plant-based plant -based diets. Gladiators were basically in prison. Like they were fed fucking prison food. Mm-hmm. It's not like they chose to eat what they ate. If you even watch the movie Gladiator with, uh, what's his name? Russell. Yes, Russell Crowe. If you watch that even, and that's just a movie that's not like at that time, but it was based on that. You see what they slopped into their bowl. It looked terrible. Mm -hmm. It looked absolutely horrendous to, to eat. No one would want that. So it's not like they chose what to do. And I heard this from Chris Kresser. Once you were in that, once you were in that prison and you were a gladiator, you had a life expectancy of two days. Mm. Like Not a very good sample okay, size. It, it, yeah, it was, it was garbage food. They didn't do that by choice. So we can't use that as a valid argument mm -hmm. for a modern-day plant-based diet. And you need to be careful because if you're like, oh, plant-based, a lot of soy. People go to a lot of soy. Soy is genetically modified. Like, unless you're getting the, the raw organic form of soy, which very few people are going to get, like, it is genetically modified. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the Beyond Meat, the impossible stuff. Those are all, like, artificially made. Those are modified. Um, and there's just, there was evidence of, of plant-based with performance, but it's strictly anecdotal. So it's not like someone has done a year-long study of a plant-based group, uh, a non-plant-based group, and the same type of performance, go. That, that's not been done. It's, right. it's all anecdotal. I mean, you see some of these top-tier athletes, but there's plenty of other athletes that have not uh, performed as well after going plant-based. Um, Chris Kresser made a good point that Cam Newton went plant-based and then had the worst career. Yeah, well, that's, so are, are we going to chalk that up? Like, let's yeah. play both sides of the coin here. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think that, like, someone who trains rigorously and takes, like, contact for a living, like, they're not going to do well on a plant-based diet. 
if they do all plant based. Because like I agree. Going off of what you said about Cam Newton, the Tennessee Titans, like two years ago, there was like some article that came out how like there was a huge wave going around the team. Like more and more guys were doing plant based diets on the Tennessee Titans. They ended up having more injuries that year on the team than they have in the last fifteen years. And you do not hear that in the documentary. Yeah. Like, that's just, I mean, that's one case, but like... You hear about the outliers that it worked for them. Mm-hmm. But then it's like any diet, any diet is an elimination diet. Plant-based, you're eliminating something. Paleo, you eliminate things. Keto, you eliminate an entire macronutrient. Mm-hmm. Everything's elimination-based. So then you need to go deeper and see, okay, what did I remove that was really messing me up? Mm-hmm. What did I take out? Then you slowly reintroduce. Then you find areas where, okay, I can eat this. Let me introduce this a few days later. That's my new thing and see how I react. Ooh, my next day I didn't feel good. Or right after that, I was running the bathroom and everything else was the same that I had been doing and I was still fine. That's no good. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to, to figure things out. It yeah. takes long. Trial and error. Yeah. But no one likes how long that takes. But and, and I heard Joe Rogan. So they made the point that Nate Diaz won against McGregor for the first fight because he was plant-based. And Joe Rogan, very heavy in the fighting space, if you know Joe Rogan, he said, Nate Diaz is not plant-based. Like, maybe at certain times of the year, but he also eats fish and eggs. So it's like, we you can't use that argument either. Like, did mm-hmm. you guys ask Mr. Diaz if you could use his name in this documentary? I doubt it if you're going to make that claim because if that's not true, that's not true. Yeah. Um, and so I want to go to, to the blood test that they do. They do a a blood test with athletes where they have, they feed, it's like three or four athletes. They do a couple studies, but it's like an overnight thing. They have a group of athletes. They give them a burrito with meat in it and then a burrito without meat. And they do a test that night after each. And so they showed that. After doing a blood test of eating the burrito with meat, there was a cloudiness to their blood. And there wasn't so after eating a burrito without meat. Mm. That cloudiness, now they don't get into if that's bad or what that means. They just put it on on this pedestal that, oh, your your blood should not be cloudy. That's because of a higher fat intake. And what I haven't looked up And what they refuse to acknowledge or do is, okay, my question is, what if in that plant-based burrito, you add half an avocado to that burrito, up their fat intake by a good margin, is their blood going to be cloudy or not? Mm -hmm. Like, let's go through that. Small details. Yeah, exactly. So test that person's blood after they eat a burrito with meat. Test it three days later and see if it's still cloudy. Yeah. It's because of a higher fat intake. Is all that is. And that will correct itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you don't want that all the time. But look, that's what that was. But it was built up so much that, oh, hey, your blood's cloudy after the meat. Not after uh, the plant-based one. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, don't Short deceive si- people like that. Yeah. yeah. And they, they acknowledge it like the USRDA, like the recommended daily allowance. You can get that by just plant-based. <laughs> Your recommended daily allowance is what you have to avoid malnutrition. It's what you need to just live, to be alive. So that's also not fair to use for people because it's like, okay, 
sure, you can use plants to just eat enough to be alive, but you're talking about performance. You're talking about high-level athletes, like world champion athletes of doing this, and it's you just can't burning use that. Cal- burning calories. Yeah, and to your point about con- contact sport, like when you're getting beat up, you're on the football player uh, football field, you're in a combat sport, whatever it is, you're doing a lot more damage than someone who's, you know, and I'm not like bashing a, a golf or a tennis, but you're not getting hit by mm-hmm. other human beings like at full force. Right. So when you do more damage, you need more calories for healing. Mm-hmm. So how many more heads of lettuce you going to eat or like at, at a steak and, and some things get a few more, uh, different nutrients because everything has amino acids, but let's talk bioavailability mm-hmm. too. And so you just, there are different things from different sources of food. That's why I think uh, uh, a mixture of plants and, and meat proteins, I personally think can do the best. If you have tried a bunch of different types of quality red meats and it just does not sit well with you, fine. It is, that is what it is. Where it's like, if any animal protein does not sit well with your body, uh, that's that's whew, not as common, but I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, you need to listen to what your body tells you. But for the most part, like meat with like your veggies and, and healthy, like well-sourced meats, you know, think about what's going with the meat. Is it a burger covered in cheese and this and that and sauces and high fattening this and and a lot of bun and breads what are you putting with your meat Mm -hmm. are you having a steak with with a salad are you doing a spicy chicken with salad and fruits and and a like a vinaigrette a lighter dressing and then a little bit of cheese if you can do some dairy you know that's different so uh, like i'll do a steak mac and cheese once in a while if i want a little comfort but I have gluten-free, like chickpea pasta. I have a goat cheese. I have a nice, clean, well-sourced steak. And I just, I do it in the pan. I saute it. And, you know, you don't need to do much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still pretty clean. Yeah. I feel pretty good off that. So, again, there's a lot of good things to this. It's very well done. Of course, James Cameron touched it, um, who's also an investor in plant-based proteins and a company that produces a pea protein. Uh, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is invested. I think he has a plant-based protein powder. What really kind of made me mad, I, I really like Kai Green, uh, big in the bodybuilding space. And I saw a few weeks back he posted a picture on his Instagram flexing. And it was captioned like how he can still build on plant-based. And it's just morally wrong. Like because he got to where he is on meat protein and steroids. Yeah, like I love the, ba- the base. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk shit on him, but it's wrong to promote like, oh yeah, can still build muscle on plant based protein. I'm not saying you can't do that, but he did not do that. Yeah, it's lying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're you're giving a, a body that you've had for years now off a lot of hard work and dedication. Like that's that's super hard to do. Steroids or not, that's super fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But and, and a lot of credit to him. He, he's one of the most elite bodybuilders ever. But you cannot put things out there like that when you have not gotten to that point on plant-based dieting. Mm-hmm. You just have not. And, and so that I have a major issue with. Um, again, I, I, I liked things about this documentary. I think they really could have 
added a few more things that would have really turned it around and not been as deceitful. But it's just, I, I don't like, and majority of the food documentaries I have seen are, they they use scare tactics. Mm-hmm. They scare you into it. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not okay. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I hope that one day there is a really good one that comes out where it's like, hey, this is all we're saying. This can be done. Not saying it's good for everyone to do, but it can be done. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth the watch. Like I said, it made me add more plants. They they omitted genetics. They never once talked about genetics. You know, so people argue, oh, you ever seen a gorilla eat meat? No, I haven't. Um, do you have the same genetics as a gorilla? <laughs> no. Oh, a, an ox? Completely different fermentation process when they eat food. We don't digest. And so based on the genetic makeup, your body is made to produce food into more muscle if it requires more. Mm-hmm. Gorillas, obviously, are bigger beings. They require more. Um Ox, they require more muscle to be made off of what they eat. So they are made to produce and convert that into more muscle. We are not. Genetics were never touched in the documentary at all. And I think that is something that is just one of the easiest things to throw in there. Like, hey, genetic makeup counts. Whether, you know, someone who uh, is on steroids and super big, Kai Green, still has great genes even though he's on steroids, it still has great genetics. It still really plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of review that. Again, I know it sounds like I'm completely bashing. It's just I I need to poke things in no, if I think you, it's just morally wrong. Again, I think it's very well done. Like, So credit to James Cameron on putting together a badass like documentary. Did a great job. I think just information-wise could have added a few things. And just had a different type of message. Like, look, this can be done. It is super hard and complicated, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate you shedding light on that angle of it. And you definitely did your research. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, so. and I, I'd encourage anyone to listen to Chris Cresser on Joe Rogan. I recently listened to that. I also did my own kind of research outside of that. He had good insights. Uh, and he, he was a vegan. So if you want to hear it from someone who has done that i've not gone vegan i don't feel the need to myself but that's a good great episode too and it just he gets more sciencey with it too than you know i'm not gonna pretend I'm, I'm him uh but credit to him on a lot of good information but yeah i did do some some extra research and studying and just okay <clears throat> what wasn't present that i thought needed mm-hmm. and uh yeah so, all right, I'm off that, but hey, I still think it's worth a watch for everyone. Okay. Like, watch it, get the info, take good things from it, but just any, even if it was pro-meat, I'd say just careful of people trying to push an agenda, mm-hmm. you know, because no one diet is good for everyone. No universal diet. All right, let's get down and nerdy with it, Tim. Yes, sir. Ooh, all right. So, Gary V's Crush It. Uh, I, I recently listened and I sent this to you. I was listening to Gary V, uh, one of his podcasts and he was presenting on content as well. And I watched another video of his that I'd seen. It's been quite a while, but in the space that, <clears throat> excuse me, Tim and I are in, 
you know, content is very important and lots of good content is important. And so Gary Vee talked about you are trying to get attention. You are seeking attention. And for that, you have to post a lot. He goes, if you're not posting 30, 40, 50 times a day, I mean, he was making up numbers, but needs to be a lot. He goes, then you're opening the window to fall behind. He goes, because in order to get attention, you have to be visible. You have to make things that are visible. If you don't put things out there, people won't find you. And so this really made me want to just add more content and not just throw a bunch of garbage out there, but just throw more out there. Mm-hmm. You know, post four or five times a day, whatever it may be, on all my private stuff, on our podcast stuff, more stories, this and that, and just add more. Like get visible, get more stuff out there. It's got two likes, awesome. Throw another thing out there. You know, it's got three likes, throw another thing out there. Just keep adding throughout the day to where it's okay, we are just pumping things out. And so uh, I'm working on just trying to build my own bank of, of stuff where it's like, all right, I'm not able to get on my computer right now. I'm out and about, but I have this that I already sent to my phone. And okay, I can launch this. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I got another piece and that'll hold me over a couple more hours before I can get on my computer. Then I'll get something else going. And he had a video of this kid who, he was some type of artist and Gary V dug his logo and he's like, dude, this is good. Like, you need to post four times a day. He's like, oh, I drive an hour and a half to and from work. He goes, and of course, Gary V being him, he goes, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like, you need to post four times a day. This is really good. Like, you're talented. Like, you need to post, you know, a, a video, even time lapse of, of you drawing something. And then from start to finish, you time lapse it. You let people see. Or your process or your setup. Like, you just need to post four times a day. And so... Uh, it just got my wheels turning mm-hmm. and like need more action, just more action, more eyes, more visible. And, and uh, I talked to you off air beforehand, Tim, about us getting our faces out there more. People mm-hmm. like to see who's behind it, yeah. who's doing it. Um, and I think that really separates people too because you can only get away with, uh, and, and I'm guilty of it. I need to do more personal on my private coaching stories of like people just want to see you do it mm-hmm. and see see the face because it's fun to see the person rather than you know uh, a picture of like a hand or something or just yeah. food and then a recipe and not like all right this is what I'm doing like uh, I'd, I'd love to get a GoPro to do time lapse stuff of making a meal of like hey this is what I'm doing this is how I do it this is kind of a taste to test and then I tweak from there so. Gary V, uh, yeah, and Crush It, he talked about just getting attention to. And so all his videos kind of lined up with that book. So that was that was my book talk of just whatever it is. If you're a musician, you draw, you podcast, uh, you do a sport, whatever. Just content, content, content mm-hmm. need to be seen. And Get value first. Exactly. That too. Whew, I feel like I've been talking a long time. Hey, let me give you a break. Please. God, yeah. you're, you're such a giver. You're just giving me the break. <laughs> Try to provide value. God, I appreciate you so much. God. I feel like now I feel like I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> but you've given right. a lot of value. So <laughs> what you got, man? Yeah, so I started a new book called Life is Good. It's Have you heard of the company Life is Good? Uh, I think with so, yeah. With a little stick man. With yeah, the smile. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. So they're a, comp- they're a clothing company that produces like positive 
moral messages, and that's kind of the the, the basis of it. And this book is written by the founders, uh, Bert and John Jacobs, and it's a book about like how to be more positive, how to be more optimistic, and they have like a set of pillars that they built their company on mm-hmm. to be a big positive person. Um, and they founded these principles basically off their childhood. And the first part of the ch- the, the book was them explaining their childhood, where they got everything from. Um, work, they, they lived in a very large family with two very hardworking parents, um, six, five or six kids, like a lot of kids. So yeah. working hard to support them. Um, and their parents got in a car accident at one point, and their dad lost feeling in his left or right arm, one of the arms. Um, and their dad was always a positive person, but since that happened, he was always like just grouchy about stuff just mm-hmm. because, I mean, only being able to use one arm, it's tough. Um, and they mentioned how like the vibe in their family changed for a little bit because of the accident and their dad. Um, their dad didn't get mad at them, but he would just get mad at himself and just the bad vibes would just spread to the rest of, ho- rest yeah. of the house. And he talks about his mom and how his mom played a pivotal role in keeping the family positive. And they said that, um, like the concept, he explains the concept of optimism and it's a powerful and pragmatic strategy for accomplishing goals and living a fulfilling life. And one thing they did to keep optimism going in their family is their mom, when they would sit down to dinner, she would ask each person, Everyone has to go around the table and say one good thing that happened today. Mm. Um, and this put a lot of perspective into my life. Um, we talk about gratitude journaling, and, and I just want to reinforce this. And this is something that we're going to incorporate into our journals that we create in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get too much on that. But mm-hmm. um, at, whether it's the beginning of the day or the end of the day, how important it is to say, hey, what is one good thing that happened to me today? Because that's something that... The positive you should take from every day should outweigh any anything negative that happens. So that could be like, oh, I'm thankful that I have a great parents, a great mom, a great dad, a uh, great brother, sister, great roommates, whatever. Like name one specific good thing that happened that day and how big of an impact that can have on your optimism and just your outlook on life to do great the next day. So yeah. I just thought that was a great, great story that they told at the beginning because it hooked you in and it makes sense how like their mom's influence built that like helped them build their company the, the base of their, their clothing company life is good so yeah and i'm i'm anxious to hear as you progress in the book anxious to hear if they get into oh i think this was the reasoning or the lesson i had to learn like as the dad like this is the lesson i had to learn from that accident mm-hmm. like I, I'm, I'm curious to see if they get into that but yeah man being <clears throat> grateful like it's easy to say some days and you're just like man everything's going wrong Mm -hmm. maybe you're just grateful for a cozy bed yeah you know some days it's just man i'm grateful that my my truck has heat you know like man i take when it's super cold and i don't feel like scraping my car 10 minutes before i'm ready to go out that that remote start is pretty awesome Mm -hmm. i take that for granted all the time yeah uh just even small things like that but to your point like supportive parents a lot of people don't have that supportive parents who, who just kind of kick ass and and let you run with it mm-hmm. you know that's that's huge yeah so it's you know and, and when we talked about resistance you know it's we're fighting that resistance of man it's easy to see everything that's wrong with our lives but like man we're all doing pretty awesome man like 
you know, if, if you got a roof, you got a, you got a job, you're able to pay your bills, like you have some friends, you have family, like, man, you're, those are all awesome things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not living in a box. Yeah. Your, your ability to listen to our beautiful faces talk <laughs> into your wonderful ears. Uh, small things. I mean, th- that phone, that those headphones, your, you know, all your senses. Mm-hmm. Like when sometimes I'm in the gym and I'll see guys are coming in wheelchairs and they're still in there doing what they can. Yeah. And immediately, every single time, like no matter the mood, uh, I think to myself, like, and it's a quick, like, prayer to God, like, God, thank you for all my limbs and toes and I'm able to work out how I want to work out. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's so like that's an everyday thing that I do, and it's like wow. I need to be more present there sometimes, even though that's my me time. I'm present during my me time. It's I need to be thankful, like wow, I can I can move this weight this way. Mm-hmm. I can do this with my body, like strength here. Yeah. So I think that's huge that that you brought that up of just like that gratitude and, and realizing like okay, there's meaning and lessons and you know. Gratitude journals to come. Dot, dot, That's dot. right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, man, what a what a power move to end on. Mm-hmm. Just a power message. Nice little bow on top yeah. of the. Yeah, tie, tie that bow for us, Tim. Yep. Wrap this up for us. Send us on our merry way on this beautiful Tuesday. You got got anything else? I'm good, man. All right. Great episode. Wrap the bow for us, Tim. Wrap us up. Well. Wrapping it up right now, so without further ado, this has been a great episode. If you have 15 to 20 seconds out of your day, go, jump on to iTunes and leave us a review, five-star review. Give us a quick quick couple sentences or one sentence on something you appreciate about the show. Uh, DM us or, t- or talk to us online about ways we can improve the show or topics you want to see us talk about. We're always happy to talk about it. So without further ado, enjoy your Tuesday, episode 104.